0: Welcome to the book club that sure isn't your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me is my mom. Hi, Mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. Going good. Great. So today we're going to be talking about The Rogue's Wager by Christy Caldwell, and um, a little bit more about those steamy scenes in romance novels that we know so well. But first, Mom, what have you been reading?
1: What have I been reading? Well... This is going to be boring, but, um, I just finished the McKinsey McBride series and I finished with the, um, prequel book that she wrote at the end, mm-hmm. which is about their great, great, great grandfather. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I really enjoyed that book and, um, I what's loved the, the history. Of, what's the name of that one? Um, uh, The Stolen Mackenzie Bride. Okay. I think is the name of it. Um. Anyway, so I finished that series, and then I started on the book that we're reading for today. So that's what I've been
0: reading. Cool. Um, so I actually have been a little uh, light in my reading this week because I went to New Orleans for my birthday, um, <laughs> as Mom is aware. <laughs> um, Mom, you're aware I had a birthday this week, right? I
1: am aware you had a birthday. I am aware of your age. I was there on your actual birthday.
0: You were? I was. I didn't think you had any part of it. Um, (laughs) It was a big part. So I have been reading... I do this um, book club here where I live uh, for romance books. And we, this week, are reading kind of humorous romance novels. So I read Welcome to Temptation by Jennifer Krusey and One Dance with the Duke by Tessa Dare, who are both kind of known for their humor in romance novels. Um, I liked Welcome to Temptation. Uh, it's definitely, It definitely felt more chick lity to me than, um, than just a straight romance, um, just because it had a lot more story going on uh than just the romance, which, you know, that happens in romance too, but um I don't know. Sometimes I felt like the general story kind of overshadowed the romance sometimes, even though the romance was my favorite part of that book. Although I will say, Welcome to Temptation, she talks a lot about Dusty Springfield and um and hot dogs. Those two things come up a lot. And so it really gave me a craving for hot dogs. So I went and bought hot dogs. Um And then it made me want to listen to Dusty Springfield. So I've been listening to a lot of Dusty Springfield this week. (laughs) Um, And then One Dance with the Duke is the first book in her Stud Club series, which, Mom, you've read the whole series, right? I have. I have read the whole series. Which has to be, like, a first for you and me, where it's something that you've read before me. I read it before you. That is not something that happens very
1: often. I usually turn to you for my recommendations.
0: I know. That's crazy. Um, but I really liked it a lot. I love Tessa Dare, which uh, we, I'm sure she will come up because I just love her books so much. Um, so yeah, it was really good. I would recommend I would recommend One Dance of the Duke before I would j- recommend Welcome to Temptation personally, but they're both fun. So. That's, well, you need that's... to finish the
1: series because there's some good books in that series. I know.
0: So I, like I love. Lo- well, that's the thing with reading the first book in a series, which I think we're going to probably touch on when we talk about The Rogue's Wager, is um, a lot of times I'm just like reading it and I'm like, I can't wait for that guy's book or that girl's book. Like, that's who I want to read. And so that's kind of what ends up powering me through a series more often than not is like, I just want to get to that person's book. Or I love this character. I can't wait till I get to their book. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what I've been reading. Um, so today we are going to be talking about The Rose Wager by Christy Caldwell. Um, it's the first book in her Sinful Bride series. And I guess I should say, because um, I I've, I've realized this with the last episode, that maybe we should give like a general spoiler warning. We're just going to talk very openly about this book, Um, and if you want to skip ahead to when we're not talking about the book, you can do that. Um, I'll even try to provide, like, times if you want to skip past when we talk about the book. Um, But The Rogues Wager by Christy Caldwell, the summary for this book reads... Uh, lord robert dennington the marquess of westfield has long reveled in the freedom afforded him as the ducal heir he knows he must some day do right by the somerset line but he's in no hurry to give up his carefree existence helena Brandt- banbury is a bookkeeper in a gentleman's gambling club adept at analyzing numbers and accounts but helpless for lack of influence. She's never belonged among the nobility on the gaming hell floors, but neither does she feel completely herself among the men who run the hell and sin club, despite the fact that they are a family. The once illiterate girl from the streets wants more than the gilded walls her protective cage can offer. When Robert mistakenly enters her chamber one night, Helena is forced out of her predictable life and thrust into the glittering world of society, Will the charms of the Marquess prove more perilous than any danger she has she ever knew on the streets? So, Mom, what we haven't talked about this book because I deliberately told you, let's save it for the podcast. Um, <laughs> so, what did you think of this one? Well, first of all, it's funny when you read the... Because
1: I never read those descriptions that you read when we introduce yeah. a book. And it's funny to me sometimes what they... Glob on, you know, what they point out is important because, yeah, like, that's a funny Because sometimes to bring up. it's
0: like, oh, that seems like a very inconsequential part of the book to me, but. Right.
1: Um, here's my thoughts on this book. First of all, I really liked the story. I liked the characters. I liked uh, the whole setup of it. I, I enjoyed reading it. I cried at the end. That's not a very high bar. I cried at the end of a lot of books. But, or, um,
0: during a lot of Kodak commercials. Or oh, during... yeah, just
1: long-distance cell phone commercials, anything. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I'm a crier. But um, so I did enjoy the book. Now, I've got to preface this by saying I am not an author. In no way do I claim to be an author or do I claim to know about writing books. I'm mm-hmm. a reader. I'm an avid reader. But I, that's it. I'm just a reader. Um, here was my problem with this book. I enjoyed the story, I got kind of bogged down with over-description. Uh-huh. To the point point where, like, every time they have a conversation, there was so much description in between each comment that I'd have to go back and say, oh, okay, this is the answer to a question. I can't remember what the question was because it was three paragraphs ago. So, um... That was my complaint, and it made it hard to stay engrossed in the book because I just felt there was a lot of over, like Dickensian over description, yeah, in the book.
0: So, kind of in a similar comment, I I did I did notice that to a certain extent. More so, though, um, it just took me a little while to get invested in this book, like longer than. It usually takes for me. Like, I think I was about... At about, like, 40 or 50% when I was like, okay, cool. This is now kind of headed in the direction that I want it to be going. Um, that being said, like, once it got there, I was... I was good and, like, on board. And I was... I was in it. Um I... Like you, I really liked both of the characters a lot. Like, I thought she was a really good heroine, which a lot of times the heroines sometimes bug me, but, um, I actually really liked her. Um, I will say my thing with her, though, is she's so, like, headstrong and she's, um, very, you know, proud and stubborn and kind of gets her own way a lot of times, um or at least fights for her own way. I felt like she succumbed to his wiles like very quickly, um to the point where it seemed like out of character for her.
1: Well, for both of them, because they both kept at the beginning or at the end of each chapter it's almost they would say, Okay, I'm not gonna fall, I'm not gonna fall for him and then the next chapter begins and they're like, well, I can't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, I had a hard time. Well, that was just it. And like for an example, on um, like it opens with him being betrayed by his grandfather. Yeah, and they refer back to that probably like eight or ten times per chapter. It seemed like it was like, but he had been betrayed by his grandfather. But he had been okay. It's like okay, I get it. He was betrayed by his grandfather. That was <laughs> I, got I mean, it. but they. She, she would harp on things over and over again. And it's like, I know I read it. I was well, here. I got he it. Would, and on. like,
0: he would kind of harp on that as a character too much. I'm like, okay right. guy, this happened like a really long time ago at this point, And I get that it was like troubling for you, but can we just like take it and move on and accept that? Like not all women are that one woman.
1: Well, and I, you know, like I said, I, I didn't have a huge problem with him harping on it as much as I did the author. It's just like, okay, yeah. I know. I read that already. <laughs> multiple times. Anyway.
0: It was it was a heck of a way to open a book, though. I'll give her it that. Was. It was.
1: When you were talking about not being grabbed, I was like, that opening sequence kind of had me going, wow, this guy's an awful person. And what? this poor guy has just been <laughs> trashed by his grandfather. So,
0: Well, so, like, that grabbed me. But then, like... <sighs> It just took a while to get to the point in the story where I was like, yes, I, I'm glad that this is now happening. I'm right. trying to, like, remember what... See, here's the problem. I've read, like, three books between <laughs> this book now, and now I can't even, like, remember what it was that happened that I was like, yes. Um, well, it was probably when they when she ended up
1: going back to the gaming hell, and, um, well, that's not until, like... 70 No, or 80%. that's not till
0: like the end. It's when she is kind of thrust into society, and right. you know, they end up spending more time together and like faking. That was it. They like start faking, um, right? And I, I know
1: you like that trope that uh, yes, they had to I fake
0: do. that they were uh, courting.
1: Courting. Yeah, <laughs> yes. the word. I was gonna say dating. How modern of them. How modern? How modern? <laughs> so modern. Um,
0: but yes, it just took a really long time to get to there. And so yeah. that was my problem. But, you know, I love that that trope. So right. when that was happening, I'm like, okay, now we're getting to the good stuff. Um, well, and the same thing
1: with uh, with the heroine, the author would go on and on about her love of numbers. And it's
0: like, okay, I get it. Let's move forward. I get, I get it. <laughs> Well, when I was taking, um, I, cause I, I do dabble in writing. I am not in any way published and do not claim to be like the expert in any way. But, um, my creative writing class, uh, my teacher, her big thing that she was always harping on us about was, um, like show not tell. So like maybe rather than like always just saying she loved numbers like to show us by her actions that right. she loves the numbers, which we get well, some of that. But.
1: My biggest problem though was conversations. I had a hard time following conversations because there was so much in between. So you would lose the flow of the conversation and we've talked before about how we really love witty banter, mm-hmm. which there could have been in this book, but you would lose the flow of the conver- of that banter in after every time someone said something, there had to be a description of something, you know, as she looked out the window and, you know, touched her fingers here. And did. it's like, gosh, can we just follow the conversation? So I started kind of reading like, well, like you read where you only skip down to quotation marks. <laughs> uh,
0: don't give away my secret. <laughs> that is a big part of how I, I have. I like skip from dialogue to dialogue. And sometimes I have to be like, no, Ellen, Stop. Like, let's go back and actually read what they're doing. Because sometimes it, you know, is to my detriment because I lose track of, like, what is actually happening.
1: Well, I'm pretty – I read every word all the time. And in this book, I was just getting bogged down. Like I said, it was hard to keep the flow of the conversation because there was so much description.
0: My problem that I run into the most when I do that, when I skip, like, just around the dialogue, uh, is – you know, like, I'll be reading, and then it's like, and all of a sudden she's on his lap or something. I'm like, whoa, how did that happen? Yeah, you're missing
1: the good parts, Ellen. Come on.
0: <laughs> um, so I feel like we always uh, harp on these books, but I actually still really liked this book a lot.
1: I did too. <laughs> well, I feel like we need something to talk about. We don't want to
0: say, I loved it, it was great. Yeah. But
1: I did really like it. If I had one complaint, it was because of the over-description. Yeah.
0: Um, and, like, I still want to read... Okay, here's my... <laughs> uh, you know, just when I'm saying, let's stop complaining. But here's my other thing. And this is just, like, a, a pet peeve of mine. When I'm, when I'm reading the first book of a series, I either want it to be delineated on Goodreads or on Amazon or something, that it is, like, tied into another series. Because this book opens, and they keep referring to these other characters like we're already supposed to know them and i did some research and like the hero and his sister in this book were introduced in the last book of her lord's honor series and that's just a personal pet
1: peeve of mine and i said So now to be a real purist, you can't just read the whole series. Now you have to read every series leading up to that series
0: yeah. in order to make sure you get all the background on everybody. Now I feel like I need to, like, just go back and read, like, her entire, which this is how they get us. Um, But now I just feel like I need to go back and read her, like, entire work, you know, all of her books in order to, like, be prepared for this series. Um, Right. Yeah, it seems like somewhere they should
1: say, this is tied into this series. Because the same yeah. thing... Because I read the Sarah McLean series backwards because the same
0: thing. Yeah. Um. But, like, I mean, I wasn't, like, obviously completely lost, but I just like to have, you know, everybody's everybody's history squared away before... We like, we like everything know. in order. Yeah. I'm very serious purist. Um. But, and I also, like... Like most first books in a series do, this one introduced like a lot of characters that I'm excited to see. You know their book and stuff like that, so I will keep reading the series um, for sure. I will just, as well, just I because as well. I want to get. I might like... cut from
1: dialogue to dialogue, but I will.
0: <laughs> she has um, the heroine in this one, Helena. She has a sister that. Um, is a half sister because she's technically Helena is a bastard. Um, but she, so she has a half sister that is really sweet. And I really liked her character a lot. So, um, and she ends up with one of the gaming hell owners. And, um, so I'm excited to get to that book. Right.
1: And in the book, she has four brothers. I'm using quotation marks because one of them was only one of them was actually her brother. Yeah. Um, who she grew up with on the streets who own the gaming hell. And I'm assuming they're all going to get their own books. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: So did you, did it take you a long time? Did I just miss this, but it took me a really long time to figure out that, um, Helena and Riker, who is like the owner of the gaming hell. Um, it took me a long time to figure out that they were like full brother and sister.
1: It didn't take me a long time to figure that out, but I, what I couldn't figure out is why he isn't mentioned much about in her childhood. And yeah. there's one little sentence at the very towards the end of the book where she says something about him being abducted when he was born.
0: Yeah, and
1: so I have a feeling they were trying to keep that on the down low so that it could be the main focus of his book. But um, it would have been nice to have a little bit of that. It, you know, to have a little bit of that explained. So, because I was like, yeah. well, how come she keeps going on about her and her, and her and her mother and her and her mother and her and her mother doing all this stuff? And it's like, well, where was he during all this time?
0: Yeah. So, but then too. She,
1: she did mention that at the very end that he was abducted on the day he was born. So, yeah. Like the lady who helped birth him, I guess, takes him.
0: Yeah, because but, like the whole time I was reading it and she kept saying, like, oh, he's the only one that's my brother. I was like, okay, so is it they have the same mom or is it they have the same dad? And I couldn't ever figure that out. But then it's like, oh, they have both the same mom and the same dad. And um, yeah,
1: so. And then I couldn't figure out if he's older or younger because she never talks about him during her childhood at all. So yeah,
0: I guess we'll just have to keep reading to find out. Which is how I guess how they we get will it, how they get us. Okay, so um, I think that that. Kind of covers what we wanted to talk about with that book, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, the other thing I didn't like that I already mentioned to you. Yeah. (laughs) He's blonde. Now, (laughs) reading about it, I don't have a problem with it. But if you look at the cover of the book, I got a problem with it, and I don't want to hash that out again. If you are curious, you can listen to the previous podcast. But um, yeah, and this one's a perfect example.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A bad example of of a blonde hero on a book cover.
1: This is the perfect, the quintessential example of
0: that. It's pretty hot, like, pose. Like, they've got, like, everything else about it is pretty good. And, like, they at least have the right hair color, which is, you know, not always the case with romance book covers.
1: I agree, Ellen. I agree with all those things. I just, when I look at the picture, I'm like, come on. (laughs) And I have to point out, I don't hate like, blonde men or anything. I have a son that's blonde. Um, Sort of. He was blonde when he was a kid, but... Yeah, he's still kind of blonde. He has blonde eyebrows. Um, That's very true. So I don't have issues with blonde men. It's just the pictures that they use on
0: the cover of romance novels. Well, they're always so, like, fake blonde looking. I know. Which part of me wonders if maybe it's like they're photoshopping these guys. I don't know, Ellen. I just know that they don't do anything for me
1: <laughs> they it just, turn me off it big kills, time. kills
0: your buzz right mom it does kill
1: my buzz i can read about it and think oh he's handsome oh he's got golden locks i get it and then i see the picture and i'm like oh my gosh this guy looks like a cold drip
0: you're just like picturing chris hemsworth and then you get like this guy mm-hmm. and it's like oh gosh. exactly thank you yes very good <laughs> okay um, so I think that covers it for the rogues wager like we said we did like the book we just have a few grievances um, but we would love to hear from you whether you loved it or had some of our same grievances or different grievances um, if you would like to contact us on our Facebook page or Twitter which is not your mom's ROM or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com got it So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you next time. We are going to be discussing the Duchess deal by Tessa dare. Um, this is the first book in her new girl meets Duke series. Um, it's coming out. Uh, we drop, we're putting this out on Monday. So it's coming out tomorrow. If you're listening to this, the day it comes out. We are very excited because we love some, des- some Tessa Dare. She was Mom's first foray into romance, right, Mom?
1: <laughs> yes, made me blush.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, Tessa. <laughs> um, so for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be discussing making Mom further blush, those steamy scenes in romance novels, so stay with us. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Ellen here with your contemporary spotlight uh, pick of the week from me. Um, I am going to talk about um, Jill Shalvis's Heartbreaker Bay series. Um, now, during I don't know what it is, but during the summer, I always like to read some sort of small town um, contemporary series. I don't know what it is, but. While this series takes place in San Francisco, which I realize is not in any way a small town, um, it has a very small town feel, and I just really liked this community of people that they have in this kind of neighborhood in San Francisco, which is, I think, kind of what makes it feel like a small town. They kind of hang out in the same joints, and, um... You know, just all kind of know each other and stuff. And it's a really sweet series. Um, it's Heartbreaker Bay by Jill Shalvis. The first book is Sweet Little Lies. And um, I just really like that series. So if you're like me and have some inexplicable need to read a small town romance series during the summer, which I realize the summer is now starting to come to a close, but if you're still looking for that fix, I recommend Heartbreaker Bay. Uh, thanks. And we're back to talk about that element of romance that I think is what gives the genre kind of a bad rap. And that's the sex scenes. Um, Now, this is the reason they get called mommy porn and a big part of why you kind of wrote it off, right, Mom? Well, yeah, I just thought that they were all, you know,
1: Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, in the
0: 1800s. Yeah. So let's talk about this because we get both of us get a lot of uh, crap from people in our family about how we're basically reading pornography. So what did you learn mom when you kind of actually delved into the genre?
1: Well, first of all, that's not, it's like a side note to, there's always good stories in these books. They, Mm -hmm. um, uh, and of course the romance my favorite part is the romance. The boy meets girl. The boy gets girl. You know the whole um,
0: the plot line around back and forth between them while they're
1: falling in love. Right. I love all that stuff. It gets me all giddy and silly, and um, I love that that stuff. The sex is almost well. Some books it just becomes cumbersome. It's like, all oh, right, I get it already. They're having sex. Um, <laughs> the first few books that I read I was like, oh wow oh, oh. but then after a while you're just like oh, okay all right it's just another sex scene it's it really I, do I want to say I become callous to it it's um I guess because of the act there's only so many different ways you can do it so when you're reading about it and you you know you've read X number of books and they've had multiple sex scenes in each one it's there's you know, okay, he touches her there. Okay, all right. He licks her there. He sucks her there. He does this. Okay, she's over the moon. Got it. <laughs> she's loving it,
0: <laughs> which they always love it.
1: She does, and that's another interesting fact. The girl always comes first, by the way, <laughs> in yeah. these books. I don't have a feeling it happens that way That happened that way all the time in history. But, Probably um, not. In, it always happens in these books, but that's because most of the authors are female. Um, in fact, all of them. Are there any men that write these books?
0: Uh, not that I've read or, you know, not that I'm yeah, aware of. I, Maybe there's people who I'm not
1: aware of it either. But um, I'm sure men write their own dirty books. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it's just, so you get to, a, sometimes I'll get to a sex scene and, a, and I'll, if I'm reading late at night and I'm all wrapped up in the story, if I'm gonna fall asleep, it'll be during the sex scene, which maybe is a little sad yep. commentary on my life.
0: But. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm kind of the same way. Um, like if I'm reading it at night, like I i am so anxious to kind of get to the point like right before the sex usually where it's like they come to this realization that they like love each other or that they're hot for each other and then they have sex and so like I'm waiting for that moment before that like realization before that's kind of like what gets me all twitter pated and excited but right and the
1: and the confession of
0: oh but I love you and I love you yeah which
1: sometimes is during the sex so you got to kind of pay a little bit of attention yeah
0: Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, mom. Like I do read the sex scenes and maybe like (laughs) dependent on, um, how can I, how can I phrase this in a way to my mother that is not so like maybe dependent on the time of month, I might be like a little more engaged than other times of the month. Are you following me? I'm with you, Ellen. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, but in general, like, that's not why I read romance novels. Sometimes it's a nice, like, side case, but um, but in general, that's not why I'm reading it, and I get annoyed when people are like, oh, like, we know why you read those books, and it's like, no, you obviously don't. Right.
1: I think that the giddy romance part of it, for both of us, is is more engaging than the actual sex itself, which... I don't know. Saying it out loud sounds a little sad. <laughs> but, no, I'm,
0: um, kind of, I'm, I'm kind of feeling a little bit bad for my dad, which I never thought I would say. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, just so our listeners know, I have been married to the same lovely man for 35 years. And um, he mm. is, this might be TMI, but the only man I've ever known. So, In the
0: biblical sense?
1: In the biblical sense, because I know a lot of guys. <laughs> or at least that's
0: your story, right, Mom? Come on.
1: Huh? Uh, yeah, that's the one I'm I'm sticking to. No, definitely him and the mailman, the right, mailman right, Mom? For
0: me, Cause that's huh? I, him and the mailman, because that's who my him real and the father is.
1: Well, um, <laughs> no, I've seen my mailman. I'm I'm not
0: I'm not interested in the mailman.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and likewise, um, I am have reached. So I just had a birthday, which was 30, which that's, you know, oh, interesting age. Um, and I, for both, um, religious purposes and personal purposes and nobody's offering purposes, um, am a virgin still. So, um, you know, that's why I think maybe, uh, I'm sometimes a little more engaged in the sex scenes maybe than you are, um... But, yeah, mom says I'm going to now enter the marital bed um, more experienced than any other. Yeah. I'll tell you what.
1: (laughs) If I had gone into my marriage knowing the things that you know (laughs) or will know going into your marriage, your husband's going to be a lucky guy because, you know, there's things that took me a little while to learn and, you know, get used to (laughs) being because I was a virgin on my wedding night. Just putting that out there. And, um, you know, so I was a little stammering around that Ellen will be like, yeah, I'm in there. I'm ready to go. So <laughs> oh, I, I, I ain't been listening. You're talking <laughs> you <laughs> about
0: my daughter. <laughs> oh gosh. I have a, I have a friend that, um, her joke about me is like, because she, um, laughs that I'm like the most knowledgeable virgin that she's ever met. And she's like. Man, you're going to be such a slut if someone would just let you be. I'm like, I know, man. That's (laughs) what I keep saying. Well, and
1: I, even though, you know, for whatever reasons, we come from a certain kind of background, I have to tell, I mean people need to understand you are not raised in a prudish home at all.
0: No, I'm not. (laughs) Maybe like,
1: maybe to a fault in some respects, but yes, maybe to a fault in some respects, (laughs) but you were not, uh, like an ignorant child when you began reading these books. So
0: I was not, I let's, um, when I watched, uh, so my dad is a pilot and we watched Top Gun, um, a lot when we were kids (laughs) And there's that scene in Top Gun where, um, you know, they're making love under very extreme blue lighting and playing take my breath away. And it's all very, uh, romantic. And, um, when I was about five, mom, would you say?
1: I'd say. And your brother was four.
0: Yeah. My brother was four and he was saying like, but nobody actually does that. Right. Ellen. You know, like I was some purveyor of knowledge (laughs) and truth. Uh, I'm like, uh, no, nobody actually does that. They just brought out fake tongues.
1: So my husband and I were like, bring in the stunt tongues, <laughs> because that became our big joke with stunt tongues. Stunt so, tongues. Um...
0: <laughs> well, and then I once told my brother, um, Mom and Dad have three kids, so that means that they've had sex three times. And mom took great joy in telling us that they've had it more than that.
1: And you kids are all,
0: Ew! Yeah, that's so gross! <laughs> so, not prudish household, for sure. Um, which, you know, is why when I started reading these books, I was, you know, I've learned some things, but nothing was too great of a shock to me. <laughs> well... I'm glad, oh, yeah. Ellen, I'm glad that you weren't shocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, l- lordy. Uh,
1: but anyway, every now and then a book will throw, like the, um. it's funny because, well, I keep talking about the Mackenzie McBride series, but that's been, like, my focus for months now. Yeah. But um, the first couple of books in that series uh, were, I was like, wow, this is, you know, racy. Yeah. Um, but then it really tapered off towards... You know the last few books of the series were not you know super racy at all um, the I mean there was still sex of course, but of course. it wasn't of course, but either I would have gotten used to it or um there was a real and this book that we just read was very tame I thought
0: well, and here's the other thing is um. Because I've had people tell me, like, well, they have, like, romance books without sex. Like, why don't you just try reading those? And that's the point. I have. <laughs> um, and even though, like, the sex scenes are not um, crucial to me, um, I think I just like a little bit more of a steamy romance, like, where that's on the table, if you know what I mean. Yes. As opposed to, like, this, like, sweet, blushing, innocent romance. Well, and there's something to be said about, it
1: adds to their relationship, the hero and heroine, it adds to their relationship as to how they react and treat each other during the sex act. So the actual act itself, maybe not, you know, is what it is, but how they respond and how they treat each other and, and the fact that he lets her go first, um, sometimes multiple times. um, (laughs) Bless them. Bless their hearts. Uh, (laughs) That's, you know, that's the kind of stuff that adds to their character. So.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think it's, you know, if, if the author is using it correctly, um, you know, there's something happening more than just sex during those sex scenes, right? Um, Like, usually the first one, like, they're kind of still figuring things out, but usually there's some, like, climactic, you know, pun intended, I guess, um, climactic (laughs) uh, sex scene where, um, you know, they kind of are putting, like, their whole hearts and stuff into it. um, And, you know, either they are realizing that they are in love or, like, they're just now starting to come to that realization. So, Well, and there's
1: also the the trope where um, I'm not, I never remember the names of these books, but um, what was the book that we read about the Scottish guy who married the girl and then he wouldn't have sex with her for, like, he wanted, didn't want to consummate the marriage right away and would sleep at the foot of the bed. It was, I think it was a Tessa Dare.
0: Was it? Um, oh, anyway. It? Okay, continue. Anyway, it's where he
1: comes and marries her because there was a letter involved, I don't know. I can't when, remember when
0: the, the ties but the knot.
1: It might be. I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> but that whole trope of um, like not having sex and not having sex and, and yeah. reasons why they can't have sex. Um, so then, when they actually and when do they break find creative,
0: and have... and they find creative ways to not have sex.
1: Right. Yeah. That to one quote was unquote very creative. not have sex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's just like teenagers. But um, that that trope of of uh, can't have sex or don't want to have sex or not going to have sex, and then um, when they actually do it, it uh, so that's a meaningful kind of use of sex in the books
0: too. Yeah, I'll tell you what the book I just read, the first uh, stud club book, the One Night with the Duke, that book was pretty steamy. Like they had sex on all sorts of surfaces, and I was like, yeah. oh shoot. Um oh, that's right. There were desks and Desks and stables and walls mm-hmm. and like I think they only had seven. I haven't read that bed. book for a
1: while, so it's coming <laughs> back to me now.
0: <laughs> I know. This is when mom and I encounter like this awkwardness because I was reading this book and I was like, Oh, mom's already read this one. This is a little, <laughs> this is a little awkward. <laughs>
1: it's never awkward. Ellen, we're never awkward.
0: <laughs> that's true. I will say, like, one time, Mom and I... Did we already talk about this? The text conversation that we had on the podcast? No, I don't know if we did or not. When um, Mom sent me a text. Uh, Well, I was texting Mom about something else, and she was reading Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, which is, like, one of our very favorites, um, by Julia Quinn. Uh, And I was texting her about something. She's like, Ellen, I can't text you when when Colin is doing the things that he's doing to Penelope's body. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want to be texting you either when Colin's doing those things to Penelope.
1: <laughs> you don't want to know what's going through my mind while um, I read about Colin and Penelope. No, I do not. <laughs> well, that's why when, when Ellen approached me about doing this podcast, it took her a long time to convince me. And I think you misunderstood. You thought I would be uh, embarrassed or talking about this stuff. I was more worried that you talking to me about these things would be embarrassing for you than for me. I don't have a problem talking about anything. so
0: We're, we're pretty close. I don't really care. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty. Whatever. Probably probably again to a fault, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. We read dirty books together. What else? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the typical mother-daughter uh, activity. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Um, I think... Do we want to say anything else about so I'm sure it'll come up again, but sex scenes and romance novels.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it'll come up again. They're in every one of them.
0: Yeah, they are. They do, they do have a way of cropping into those books. They do um, crop in. Okay, so I think that'll be it. Thanks again so much for joining us. And again, if you would like to join us for The Duchess Deal by Tessa Dare in two weeks, you can find us on um, our Facebook page or on Twitter at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or email us. I already said Facebook. Or email us at Not Your Moms Romance Book Club at gmail.com. I just have to say it like that because it's so long. Um, okay. <laughs> thanks, Mom, and thanks for listening. Thanks, Ellen. Bye. Bye.